Hello, welcome to another episode of Finding My Fit at 40. I just wanted to come in today. Today's episode is going to be a little, a little different. Uh, Mike's not here, Chrissy's not here, and without them here, I wanted to come in and give an update as to where I'm at. We're after Thanksgiving, after my trip to Vegas, which we will talk about next week when Mike and Chrissy come back. But in the meantime, I wanted to throw up an episode and chat with you guys a little bit. And to make it a lot less boring than listening to just me, I'm going to be bringing in my beautiful wife, Becky. Surprise, it's me. Becky's here today. So we're going to chat about some stuff today. Uh, I'm going to give an update of where I'm at currently, and we'll dive more into all that stuff when Mike and Chrissy come back next week. And until that point, we are going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, Becky, she's going to talk a little bit about where... She's at, well, she gave a little bit of an update last week when you guys listened, or a couple weeks ago now. It's been mm-hmm. um, since we, we ate, threw out an episode. But we wanted to come in and just chat a little bit about stuff that kind of pertains to us it, particularly. Uh, a little bit about maybe parenting, trying to f- teach our children some of these things that we're learning in the process. And uh, for those of you that aren't parents, we're going to talk also about some things about us, some struggles, stuff that we are at. Uh, First, let's start off with the thing that we always start off with. It's going to be my update. I am at 199 as of this morning. At one point, I had gotten down to 197 point something. I don't even remember. That was a couple weeks ago. But I've had the trips and stuff, which I said we'll talk about. And I'm currently at 199, so still sub 200. I know. I'm really excited about it. I'm really proud of you. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm uh, excited and kind of proud of myself. I'm I never, I mean, you can attest to this. I was never really, like, uncomfortable in my skin prior to losing weight. Like, I was confident and okay when I was 246 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're perfectly content, fine. You, you, you were just kind of like, I am what I am, and that's what it is, and it was... Really annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold back. How did you really feel about it? Um, No, but seriously, I I really was confident and felt fine in my own skin. And but now that I've lost all that weight, I'm like, I can't believe I was there. I don't ever want to go back to that. You did, though. I will say this much because you've fluctuated like like most people do yeah. you've been up and down and you will sometimes look back at pictures of yourself not even now at this point i'm saying even before you would look at yourself when you were at a lower point of before yeah. and you would see yourself at a heavier point of you before and be like oh my god that's me you would go into these spurts yeah but it was never enough that i really wanted like 
I am now lost enough and understand enough that I'm like, no way. Why would I? I can't believe. Like, I, yeah. yeah, no, it's a different. You're looking at it differently now. Way different. Yeah. Way different lenses I'm looking through this time around. And to see it, I did not. I think part of it, too, is I just didn't expect the benefits that I would be receiving to be as vast as they are at this point as they as what I perceived originally when I was there. Does that make sense? So, like, I didn't really expect to be feel as good, I guess, as what I do yeah. and to be at a place where I can do things that I just didn't expect. Well, and I think the the key point to take away here, perhaps, is that being present and being in the now is really important because you can't look if you look back you might be like you could go one of two ways you could either be the you know what I mean oh my god I can't believe that da, 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 and look back and be like I'm so great now and then you kind of fall like because that happens sometimes where you think oh I'm doing so great and then you let things slide and then you don't work out as much or you did you know don't eat as well because you think that you're at a point that oh you've reached this goal and now you don't have to work anymore and you don't have to continue progress or that you look back and you're like, oh, look how cute I was. I think that's a, like a big female thing that we yeah. like look back and we're like, if I would have known then, like if I could go back and tell that girl, yeah, you're yeah, super yeah. cute, then, you know, you might have been a little happier. So living, think, living in the moment right now and worrying about your journey now is, is key. That's, I, like, I, I think I heard a comedian one time kind of say that, like, or somebody I say, like, Love where you are because you're never going to be this skinny and happy again. Like, mm-hmm. kind of a, a joke about it. But the reality of it is you can be that. And I think part of living in the now, though, too, I also appreciate where I'm at because I've earned it. And understand that I I, I don't feel like I'm going to have... Like, I feel like my old mentality would have slipped back be like, oh, cool, I hit these goals. Sweet. Now I'll just stay here. It's just going to, I'm just going to live here. I mean, it's just going to happen. Right. Where I I assume like, because I, I think that goes along with kind of what I talked about last week a little bit of like, I always just thought people that were really good in shape were, you know, they, it, they were just genetically blessed. And so I figured when I got to a certain spot, I'd be like, oh, cool, I'm here. I, it just stays then. Mm-hmm. And now understanding the science behind of it more and all of that, like I, uh, look where I'm at and I'm like okay I know how to stay here now like it's not just I'm not going to slip back into old trends because I know that slipping back into that is basically saying I'm going to gain I want to gain all this weight back Mm -hmm. I heard something kind of trippy the other day that kind of goes in with what we're saying Um, they said don't worry about your future like sometimes people get really anxious about your future and like perfectionism comes in and you're like, Oh, but it has to be perfect. And like, don't worry about it because that is about to be your past anyway. Like look at your future as your past so that you don't get freaked out about it. Because if you're like, well, that's going to be instead of anticipating it, oh, that's going to be done saying. and yeah, over that makes sense. because like what we just talked about right now, everything we just talked about, guess what is in the past. Mm-hmm, so totally. like instead of worrying about what we're going to talk about for the next 40 minutes, know that it's already done. It's already in the past. Cause that's it's a really good happen. perspective. It's really trippy, but it, I kind of thought it was cool. 
Yeah, we, we actually have that discussion a lot about things because you and I both uh, are so, um, we're like polar opposites on things where I've kind of, I'm always the jump in and do it and I'll learn it as I go. I'll make it happen. And you are much more of a, I want it perfect before I ever let anybody oh, see it and I have to do it. Yeah. And I'm constantly telling you like, just start, you have to start and you'll figure it out and just go. And you're like, well, it has to be at least this quality first. But that makes sense that like, if you look at it more of, well, this is the past and everybody has humble beginnings. So this is the past. This is my beginnings. This is, so when it's in the future, I'll look back at this. I guess that does, does that make it easier for you thinking of it that way? I mean, <laughs> in, in, yeah, theory, in theory, it in does. Theory, yeah, yeah. Like, and like when you get motivated about it and when you think about it and you're like, oh yeah, okay. It's my pet. Like it did help in what, what I was doing as I was taking, uh, it was in a course that I was taking. And so like the assignment that they were giving you saying like, don't stress out about the outcome of this assignment. Like just basically like what you're saying, like they're trying to encourage you don't worry about perfectionism. Just go in and just do it Jump in because then it's going to be done. It's going to be over and you can move on to the next thing instead of wasting. You're just going to be stuck then spinning your wheels. And I'm like, Oh, okay, fine. So like in that situation, it was quote unquote easier to look at it that way. But I don't think that that's, it didn't fix my perfectionism. For me though, like how I, I, I guess part of where my mentality of jumping in kind of comes from, um, as you know, I, I played a lot of sports when I was younger up through grade school, um, kind of trailed off a little bit playing like organized team sports when I, I got into college. But I played a ton of team sports and just sports in general. And you can practice all you want and as much as you want. And it does help for games, but there's nothing like actual game time, like being in a game and competing that prepares you for that, like being in a game and actually competing. You can run as many drills as you want, but running drills is not the same as playing against somebody else who's trying to keep you from doing Mm. what you're trying to do. Interesting, because as you're saying that, I'm like, well, I did not grow up playing sports. I grew up playing music and doing art and theater and all of those things. And so like, well, theater came a little later, but I'm thinking of like me, like starting playing violin, playing yeah, classical you music. It's perfect you before you practice. let it out to somebody. Yes. So like, and, and there's nothing more terrifying then like it's exciting to get up there and play and like for the first years like when when I made first chair in orchestra and I was like oh my god this is amazing are we having a breakthrough right now but then when you hit a wrong note like it's hard for you like you hit a wrong note and like the conductor's still going the rest of the orchestra's still going you have to move on but that I guess that's the same thing though yes you you dwell dwell on it but you don't learn how to overcome that unless you just keep doing it so like uh, yeah, that that is so. That's similar, but I guess that it also under, makes you under, makes you want to practice. Man, I wish I, sh- I should have practiced more before I did this. Right, and so it actually sets you up in that respect. Where I mean, I that does make you practice more, in even in sports, like there are definitely times where you'll do something. Man, I wish I would have drilled that a little bit more. That that exact scenario came up. I wish I would have been more pre- prepared for that scenario, but. You also just have to play because the more you play, the better you get at playing. Um, I feel like that's the same, though, for me with music. Like, I can practice things, and I do practice at home. As you know, I'll sit here and practice. And I feel like I play it pretty well. 
And then you get in front of people, and it's a completely different thing oh, playing yeah. in front of people. And so I screw up a lot. Oh, I've yeah, learned me too. To, I've learned, though, in that realm to let those screw-ups... I'm more proud of now, I guess. It, let me rephrase this. I'm more proud of now being able to recover from mistakes than not making mistakes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, and I totally agree with you, except in the case if you are a 10-year-old violin first-chair player <laughs> in middle school orchestra, then it doesn't matter. Everybody fucking looks at you, and they're like, what the hell? Yeah, but is that more in your brain than Some in reality? It. Some of it's in your brain. Yeah, like, but it's uh, is also that like, super competitive. And I mean, like, it's all competitive. If I mean, when you're talking about being in first-chairs and like orchestra, stuff like that, that's all super competitive. But still, like, isn't that mostly in your brain? Like, I don't know. It's I mean, it's all in your brain. Yeah, it's fair. all in your brain. Do but you think we're make... born with that, or do like do you think that the, our preconceived? So I think it's interesting to say that our experiences have shaped us. Oh, so you're talking nature versus nurture. I mean, yes yeah. and no. Like, well, yeah. Basically, you're saying do outside sources affect it, or are you just born that way? Well, because I'm thinking about our kids too. Of that, like, our two kids are really different <laughs> in a lot of, they're similar in a lot of ways, but they're also really different. And especially Aurora, she's got that perfectionism in her that I'm like, Oh no, I think, yes, she does have a little bit of that, but I think talking about the nature versus nurture idea, um, which is not a topic I expected to be talking about in this conversation, but yeah, the nature versus nurture idea I think that everybody is predisposed to certain natural instinctual things that you're just better at or worse at, like being a perfectionist, like being able to jump, like those kind of like personality traits. However, I feel like it's all teachable. What level it's teachable to is that is what varies. Just like everybody could be on the exact same. Again, I'm going to put it back to sports because I'm a sports junkie. As you know, um, everybody could have the exact same training for pick a sport, football, for being a quarterback. And and not everybody's still going to have that ability to, to become a quarterback in the NFL. Now, that doesn't mean, but everybody will be able to be a decent quarterback. Just... The varying levels is I I look at it the same way again bringing it back to music because we are musicians. Um, so sorry about the fitness conversation here, well, guys. We're talking have, a lot more. But about But I have this a question. Stuff. Keep going because I have a question that okay re- that relates back. Okay, good. At least you're going to bring it back. One of us is. So, when it comes to being musicians, I it's the same deal. We we've talked about this last week actually. How we have people that come up to us all the time and. Are you, you're such a great musician or this or that. And uh, I wish I was naturally born a gifted like that. I wish I had that talent. And, and you do, if you put the hours in the difference is for me is not everybody is going to be a guitar virtuoso, like a John Mayer or a Stevie Ray Vaughan, but you could be a solid working musician. If you put the hours in it, it's, it's there. It's just the level of excellence is different for everybody. But being able to get good at something is the same, which is also how I feel about this training thing, about the fitness, is putting in that time and effort is everybody can do it. If you're listening to this podcast, you 100% have the capability to do this. 
now with the caveat of that is your 100% is different than my 100%. Everybody has a level that they're able to do and get to. And my problem with stating it that way, though, is I was the person who said, yeah, but I just can't do that. I'm not able to get where you are. And I put my own limitations on it. And so if you believe that you can get there, you have to believe that you can get there to be able to get there and then do the work. It's work. It's effort. It's for me. It's we talk about this whole time. I feel like I've been cheating because it's been kind of quote unquote easy, but it's been easy because I've been working like I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation about tracking food and people are like, oh, but I don't want to do that. I'm like, that's like the number one thing that's helped me. Mm-hmm. Tracking food and genuinely being honest about the tracking and genuinely being honest. Like I've fought, I've found myself a few times. I was like, well, maybe I just won't track this little bit. And I'm like, who am I cheating? Mm-hmm. Am I, I'm upset that Mike might see it. Like, who am I really cheating? Nobody else cares. Like it affects literally nobody else but me. Why would I cheat? Mm-hmm. What What's the point of cheating? And so once I got past that, because I was early on in, in the process um, where I was like, well, I kind of want to eat this too. So I started just being honest and put it in anyway and was over and was, and that's in the very beginning where I thought I failed because I was like over my thing. And I was like, oh, I had a really bad week. And that's where Mike taught me the difference of, well, you didn't have a bad week. You still won. You're still winning at what you did. It's still progress. It's just not the amount of progress we were shooting for, but it's still a win. And all of a sudden, with that, the freaking floodgates mm-hmm. opened for me. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm a winner. All right. And then just watching pounds shed off really so, helps too. So you, uh, you answered a lot of stuff. Probably. You answered a lot of yeah. stuff. But what I was going to add to that is kind of giving your listeners um, a different perspective and peace of mind than they've been listening to you for weeks and weeks and they've been motivated by you. And that's amazing and awesome. And I'm so proud of you and I'm so proud of them. But it's okay to still struggle because here's the thing is that for me, what you're talking about, like, who are you really cheating? You're just cheating yourself, blah, blah, blah. Those are the little, and you, you know, Mike has said it before, is that, you know, like it's the, the mental stuff that really just fucks you over because that perfectionism for me will drive me crazy in the the tracking of stuff that's part of why I hate the tracking part of it like I do it because I know that I have to because that's what works and, and but but yeah. let me let me yeah, yeah, I'll give ahead. you my dirty little secret um is that like when you're saying you know oh, I'm not going to put that in there but who am I really cheating I really struggle there are I don't want to say many but there are often times where I sneak stuff. And what I mean is that like, I literally will sneak like one of the kids Halloween pieces of Halloween candy or something out of the pantry. I know, but what I'm saying is you don't have to sneak it. I know you, this is what I'm telling you. And this is why I'm saying it out loud for people who are listening, 
who also are feeling when they're like, but Vic, I feel like I need to sneak it because (laughs) where does that come from? That's what I want to know. Why do you feel the need that you have to sneak it? I don't know. That's the, that's that's part of the bad. That's part of the problem. Cause I don't know for this is, I mean, if anybody out there is listening and you're married and you like, this is one of the things that we talk about all the time. Like we're just cut from like, I guess it's like an opposite to track thing all the time, but we view things very different in this aspect. And one of the things for me is I'm always mind over matter. I've always been like that prior to even this is I, what's my, the statement that I say all the time, um, you make conscious decisions until they become subconscious. And that's one of the things that I try to preach to our kids all the time. Like it's a conscious decision. You choose what you want, what you want to do in this moment. It's your choice. And you choose whether you want this. And then eventually, when you make those conscious decisions, they kind of become subconscious. That's how I live. And that's what I've done. Like, there's a lot of things that I didn't, quote unquote, want to do. And I consciously made the effort until it didn't become feel like it's conscious effort anymore. And that, I mean, I hate practicing my guitar sometimes. I love playing music. I love gigging. I hate it. But it's become subconscious now that I just kind of practice and work on things because I've consciously made that choice to like keep doing it. Does that make, and so, but you're not that person ever. Like every time I tell you that you're like, yeah, yeah. And you kind of like blow me off on that. No, I'm not blowing you off. It's, it may seem like I'm blowing you off. So yeah, it but, definitely does. Yeah. Totally. Um, no, what it is, is that I am already that perfectionism in me has already felt like I failed and I'm fighting against the mental barrage that I'm about to give myself for fucking up. That internal, like, why well, wait, did what's you a, do what's that? A fail? Why what did do you, you consider just the, the cheating on, like, finding food and cheating? Like, right. Ki- so I have a very complex. I, I, I dare to say that I have an eating disorder because I don't have any kind of diagnoses and I don't have anything that's that's specific. But I feel like many, and this could be, this could be just a you me difference kind of thing, or this could be a male female kind of difference thing. That my relationship with food is very complex. It's not. It's not as simple as I love food or I hate food or, you know, food loves me. And I like there's just there's so many things of like it's not just about the food. It's not about like sometimes I it's sometimes I even think like, man, like people who have um, like substance abuse problems. It's so different because they can cut that out. But I, on the other hand, cannot cut out food. Like I still have to eat to survive. So this, this constant give and take of, um, you know, eating what's, what I know, what I know is, um, what I, from a cerebral standpoint, what I know is best for me and also like what I then, think I want, but sometimes like, and, and what's been helpful, honestly, what's been most helpful for me in recent years is learning more about my body and how it works in terms of, um, really of hormone balance. Like not that I'm balanced at all, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
like understanding what certain things that I eat does to like how that affects my body when you like, and not obvious things like people think, Oh, you drink caffeine and then it like makes you jittery. And like, that's kind of like an obvious thing, Yeah. but it's not just that it's how your body actually metabolizes certain foods and how everybody's body. And it's, and it's also in your brain. It's not just the, the, you know, it's not just how your body is, um, physically, how your body's physically taking in that food and the things that you're eating, but things that like your brain is actually getting certain things from that food. You have to think about feeding your brain as well, because there are certain foods and certain ingredients and foods that will actually ignite or, um, uh, cause certain hormones, you know, they'll produce certain hormones in your brain that now that that's why you get addicted to things. That's why you have cravings for things. That's why when you eat something, um, with certain, you know, sweeteners or ingredients or things. That's why you like, that's why you want it again. And so many people who are like, oh, I love this or I so, love that. Well, do you, or is your brain just addicted to it now because you've eaten it and it's actually, and even with women, we are on, we are on a cycle that certain days of the month, there might be things that we either need more or less of to balance those hormones that are actually causing us to go through so, different things. Not that I'm saying that that's not true, and I not that I'm saying that that's not, that none of that thing. But how much of that is now that you've learned that, like you you feel or now that you've heard that, it adds more to that fire and it makes you feel that way. Like how much of it is like. No, well, I feel like that it's that 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 maybe all that stuff is true, but it's like a lot of things like the idea. Uh, there's so many things in life that like th- that are reality, but it's not as extreme as what people make it out to be. So like, yes, maybe that stuff is true, but I don't think it's necessarily as extreme as for everybody. Well, I'm not saying for everybody, but I'm saying that people into I, th- I feel like today's society they write things off a lot that they don't understand or they just don't know like there's not enough information out there and for me what's what's been helpful is understanding more of those things and I still don't know I still like I need to know more information because with me tracking Yes, I always need more Do information. Do you need to know Knowl- more? Knowledge See, is power, I think, Victor. Yeah, knowledge but I think power. for you that's also a bad thing. No, it's I. It, I mean, it depends on what the knowledge is. Maybe. See, that's what I'm but, like. Because now you're more obsessed with that part of it, like than like the. I feel like I, part I get, of the beauty of this with me is that it was simple and keeping it simple. And the more you convolute that with all of these things, then then that also create like I feel like that also builds in excuses for people and for you to be like, well, it's obviously it's my brain chemistry. I have nothing. to do. I can't do but anything to support about your it. statement that it doesn't work for everybody is you're right that for some people it might become more of um, they might need it more. They might need it sim- simply. I'm saying that um, for me tracking all of this stuff and looking at what I'm eating, I am noticing patterns now that I hadn't noticed before in what I'm eating and compared to how I'm feeling. And it is in conjunction with um, other things that I've been trying to track, like my cycle and things. So like, I think that a lot of it does have to do with 
it's the same thing that w- that you and I talked about when I was pregnant, and we talked last time with Chrissy. We said, you know, maybe I'll do if, if people are interested, we'll do like a a, um, a pregnancy fitness episode. But I felt like I was getting another master's degree in, yeah, yeah. in um, you know, prenatal health and fitness because there was so much information I was to take I in. I was just cheating off of your paperwork, by the way. Uh, yeah, and the story of my life. Um, but I feel like if I didn't have that knowledge that there I would have made other decisions which things have would have worked out fine but I feel like I made better decisions for for me for my health for our kids health in the long run because I had that information but I had to go search it out for other people that information would have drived them up the wall for me in this situation of health and fitness learning more about how what I'm eating is actually affecting my brain has been helping me because now there are things that if it was just simple, which it had been for years, I had done the simple. I did the simple calories in, calories out. And it wasn't working because I had too many mental obstacles to overcome that I couldn't overcome simply because there were things that I didn't understand. Like you don't, you may not have the same, you may not have the same, um, uh, hormone spikes or mood spikes that I do that in those moments you have like, but I also have somebody who's doing the complicated for me as I'm talking about this. I'm like, it's so easy for It's so simple. It's been simple. And I love that it's simple, but I think, Again, he's not here, but I'm going to toot his horn. Toot, toot. Yeah. Uh, Mike the Bear, Body by the Bear, um, Bearski, he has created it simple for me. And so, like, yes, you're saying about the hormone spikes, but if I had, and I had had mood swings or this and that, he would have adjusted for me. I feel like he would have noticed those things and he would have adjusted and figured that out. And that's kind of the beauty of having a trainer and having somebody who does those things. Or he's the knowledge container for you. Yeah, like I can keep it simple. And that's for me while I've, like, I don't know. Because if I would have had all this information, I've said this a million times. If I would have had all this information right off the bat, I wouldn't have done it. It was the fact that I learned a little bit here, a little bit here, and it's adding up and adding up and adding up because I feel like I need to be good at something to move on. And so, like, I feel like I got to control, like, when I – this isn't exactly the route that I took, but the first thing I worried about was calories. And then the second thing I worried about was how much protein I was intaking, which I cared less about anything else. I didn't pay attention to anything. And then I just kind of looked at how much fiber I was eating. And those – I mean, even still, we're almost a, I'm almost a year into it. We started this in February. It is now December. It's December already. I can't believe it. Wild. We really have to get on the ball here. Yeah, I know. We have a lot of things to do before Christmas. But I, I, I started, and that's kind of where, I, like, those food-wise, food intake, that's kind of the things that I've focused on is that protein intake and that fiber intake and kind of left the rest of the chips lie where they lie. But I know that Mike has looked at the rest of those things. So Mike has been that knowledge encyclopedia who just naturally is looking at what I'm eating and how I'm eating and what and paying attention. And if anything was out of whack, he'd be like, hey, how about we try this a little bit, a little something, something over here. So I can't enough recommend finding yourself somebody find yourself a mic 
You can probably <laughs> use this actual mic if you message him on IG at Body by the Bear. Uh, but find yourself a mic, and if you're super serious about learning fitness, and I, and again, I'm only plugging it because this is exactly what has worked and helped me, and that's why we started this whole podcast, and I've learned a ton along the way. If you are like me and you don't want to dive in all the information right off the bat and it's just too much and you're just like, I just, just, I want to plug and play. It's been awesome. I've had tremendous success, but I've also learned a ton along the way. And as I've had success, I, that has caused me to want to learn more and gain more knowledge. And now I've done research outside of my own and continually try to grow with it. I mean, I don't want people to feel overwhelmed. I just want to give people permission to give themselves give themselves the permission i guess to to know that it's not just oh it's so easy like that there are thing more there are more things to it is what you're saying yeah. and that it may be something that you haven't realized yet right that maybe so maybe there give, is cut a, yourself some slack right maybe there is a legit reason that at 10 o'clock every night you are like craving a bag of doritos or that seems very specific a, is that like a personal thing no we don't is have, that why we have doritos no just kidding, i'm just saying doritos. some of our listeners you did just buy doritos no i didn't <laughs> I did not. Oh no, that was my mom. <laughs> I was gonna say, I I'm even, like, I just unloaded Doritos. I, I took my mom to the grocery store. Bought, it was my mom. No. My mom bought Doritos. Maybe that's my mom. Are you talking about my mom? No. Is she craving Doritos every day? <laughs> Weird. Weird. No. Uh, if you, I, I mean, mine is is I've switched to dark chocolate because at least it's dark. But mine is chocolate. I don't know. Every night, every night. Chocolate and coffee are your things. It's and bad. you fight. Why do you fight them? This is a total random question, but you always seem to fight things. This it, is not a random. This is it comes back to perfectionism. What and having vices is not perfect. Yeah, I mean, of course. Like, yeah, why would you sound <laughs> Swedish when you did that? Is that not perfect either? Because chocolate and <laughs> chocolate <laughs> and coffee, Swiss coffee. Co- of, it's Swiss. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because because it, it's the it's the perfectionism. It's the. Um, the need to do everything, quote unquote, the right way. And if something doesn't seem like it's acceptable or the right way, then you feel the need to reject it. Then you're like, no, I can't do that. I can't have that. It's, this is the, the, the giving yourself permission. This is what I'm saying is that's why perfectionism in this case is a big deal because you don't struggle with perfectionism. We've already talked about that this. That sounds awful. Like, no, I work That's really hard great. at being really good at things, no, by the way. I just want to make it sound like I don't... For you like, to... It, that it's, you should be so happy am, that you I'm, don't struggle so with So here's this. a question then. Let's let's swing that back around. Where do you think that comes from? Is that a nature versus nurture thing? Oh, well, this is going back to what we were saying originally. And, and I mean, I think for me personally, I mean, my therapist could probably reveal more sources, but um, I think it's both... I think yeah. I think it's both. Yeah. You think you have inclinations and nature also or that so you had natural inclinations but the nurture side of like just life experiences along the way created it? Yes. And and anecdotally, anecdotally, I'm not, I'm not saying it, I can't say it right. Um I think that was right. <laughs> 
I, I, when I was a kid, my mom told me the story as I got older that when I think I was kindergarten or first grade, so I was about Aurora's age. Yeah. When I was working, our daughter, when I was working on writing, handwriting and learning my letters, the feedback that my mom got in her parent teacher conferences was that I was a great learner, great, like I I was, you know, on all, I was a great kid, real great kid, except it took me too long to finish my assignments. And my mom said, well, what do you mean? And the teacher said, well, she needs to get it perfect all the time. She needs to get it right all the time. Is that why you're a bad test taker too? Probably. I don't know. But that's like from kindergarten, I had a problem that it took me too long to finish my assignments because I couldn't get it right. And now I see that in Aurora and it freaks me the fuck out. So I'm trying to like, I'm also, it's very meta because I'm trying to figure out how to deal it. Or if it is nature, can you nurture it out? That's kind of what we were talking about. Like, can you nurture it it out? I'm working on it. (laughs) So if you feel like you can nurture it out of our child, why do you feel like you can't nurture it out of you? Oh, well, I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the whole point. (laughs) Giving myself the permission, giving myself permission to, to be messy and to do it. I was actually just talking about, again, going back to that course that I was taking. Yeah. The, what course are you taking? I don't want to reveal too much information. Never mind. Sorry. I apologize. Um, it's anticipation that we're building here. Okay. Sure. Um, so the course that I was taking, one of the, the, the modules, they, talked about perfectionism and that was the the one that really light bulbs went off for me because up until that point it was maybe a quarter of the way through the course he'd been talking about all of these tools to use and this and that and things to do and I'm like okay I already know how to do that and I feel confident in this I'm like but I still don't know like the end result of this course I'm like I'm still struggling with ideas and then it came to the perfectionism module, and I was like, oh, okay, now I know why I'm struggling. And when I could kind of get that out of the way a little bit, then like, bing, the light bulb started going off. And I was talking at a gig the other night to to Matt, our guitar player. Um, I was telling him about this course that I was taking in my ideas, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And I was saying they tell you to do this a part of the... I will give this much away as part of it is, is video. I have to video myself. I have to create videos. And they told you to do a pajama draft. What, wait, wait, wait. It's, what kind of videos are you give making? give me that look. Becky? What kind of? Gross. What? It's nothing like that. It's all educational. Oh, okay. um, and not in like a biology. Uh, biology. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, um, see, now you got me flustered. You got me thinking about OnlyFans or something stupid. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. <laughs> no. I was like, what kind of video stuff? What course are you taking here? I don't know. No. Um, what happened when I left? But they said to, to record a pajama draft and to record your whole thing something in, in something totally ridiculous because you know you can never use that draft. You can never actually like publish that draft and they're like because if you do it even if it's not like totally ridiculous but in something that you think like oh you didn't do your hair you didn't do your makeup and you're just like, i'm just going to do this in the back of your mind the whole time you're doing that draft you might be thinking well if this goes well then maybe i could produce this or publish this but if you're you know wearing some kind of silly hat or goofy glasses or you've got like weird 
you know, clown makeup on or something, you know, you're never going to produce it. So it allows you, it allows your, it gives you the permission to screw up, to do it full out as a draft and not worry about perfectionism coming in to screw things up. So that, those are, those are the kinds of things that I am working on in terms of giving myself permission. And even in this, like I have been, and the proof is in the pudding that I've been successful. And like we talked about last week, I reached my goal, my weight, my goal weight. Yeah. Um, but giving myself the permission to not be perfect and to have those things and um, just account for them. Cause in the beginning when I was, when I started tracking my food and you even said, you're like, Oh, I, like I would be like, I really wish I could have blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well just have it just account for it. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. And I was allowing myself to do more of that now. And I understand why. And part of it is because, you know. I, I don't know. What? I, I'm just trying to think if I ever at any stage of life until now, did I have anything where I always felt like I had to be perfect? I don't feel like I ever felt like that. And I feel like a lot of that though for me is the nurture side of it. Like <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say my family just doesn't expect perfection, but that sounds awful that they just didn't expect a lot from me. That's what I feel like that means. But like, no, but like it was always good enough for my family. Well, maybe not. My dad and I had a very as you know, my dad and I had a very odd relationship, but I just, maybe that's where it comes from. Cause I despised my dad for expecting perfection. Mm. Like my father and I had very, had multiple run-ins about things where he expected a certain level from me. And I was just like, F you. Did he expect that certain, that same certain level from other members of your family? And how did they react to it? I don't know. I don't, you'd we would have to bring one of my siblings on to and talk with them. probably a therapist. <laughs> and multiple therapists mm -hmm. probably at that point. No, but I'm saying um, I, I get what you're saying from your perspective. But in someone else's shoes who on the nature side was maybe a little different than you would look at it in a different... They would have had a completely different experience. Well, they did have a completely would, different experience. And would feel... Both my siblings have a very different relationship with my father than I ever did. Right. And I'm not saying I don't but know... But he also treated me differently. Yes, but th like, yeah, that's a whole nother. I'm saying I should be the one on the couch right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that other people, not other people, your siblings, yeah, but yeah, other yeah. people in a similar family scenario. Sim yeah, that if a parent is, and I mean, obviously, as a parent, I know that sometimes it's hard to treat them all equally. Um, but I don't think you should treat them all equally. As a parent, do you really feel like we should treat all of our kids the same? The, all no, of our kids. Okay. Like you, we have a million of them. This is like we a have whole, two kids. We could go on a whole nother. This is another tangent that you could get us off on, but about parenting. And and you're right. You, you, okay. I'm, I'm, let me, well, I'm saying, let me recant well, no, no, I don't what feel I'm like saying. It's that far. It's a, the, but the nature versus nurture. This is exactly what I was saying, like where everybody has their own skill sets, everybody has their own natural instincts towards certain things. And if you give them the exact same training, exact same, they're not going to reach the same levels. But that's why you can't give them all the same exact things. I don't treat our two kids exactly the same. And I 
would never treat them exactly the same. They're two completely different kids. Mm -hmm. They both need completely different things. And I feel like that idea of giving them both the same thing so it's fair and it's equal, that's that's, that's BS. But I'm saying I don't... uh, Yes, I agree with you because I feel that we are good, in-tune, responsible parents. Some parents are not. I don't always feel like that. Some parents yeah. treat them all the same way. And if they were treating... Okay, let, so let's take the family aspect out of it so we don't hit any, like, you know, real trigger moments here. But, like, let's look at it as, yeah, like, a Yeah, let's not come at people that are listening let's, that are parents. That, let's look at it like a... Let's like, not do that. Let's stay in the sports world, and we'll talk about coaches. Or for my nerd friends out there, we could talk about, like, directors. I knew you were going to say um, that. Well, this is what I am and it's what I know. Okay. So uh, a director or a coach, you are going to approach your team and your cast in a certain matter. Yeah. Okay. So as a coach, what you're saying is you can't treat all of your team members exactly the same because they're different. So to get yes, different results correct. out of them, you have to give them different. To get the same result, you'd have to give them different things. Okay, yeah. Right, right, right. So same thing on my side as a director. I know there are certain actors that are going to respond to certain tools and techniques and cues cues different ways. So, yeah, they have to be treated. You do have to come about them a different way. My point is that the nature part of it is that those cast members or those team members, depending on their predisposition will have a very different opinion of that coach or director. They might say, I loved that coach. They did so much for me, blah, 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 blah. Or I hated that director. She was a fucking bitch and just was mean to me all the time. So here's my, my take on that. I think that is more so when you treat everybody the same. You would hope, yeah, I would hope, yes. I would think that if I'm coaching a team and I treat everybody exactly equally and exactly the same, which on a coaching level, I feel like is harder. It, you can't, it's harder to do the one-on-one and the, like you're going to treat everyone closely to the same because it, you, you can't just single, don't have that. You can't it, single yeah. people out. But, well, you can and you do sometimes. Um, I've been singled out more than one occasion. Um, so, but if you are doing enough of the singling out and a little bit of this, like helping people where they need it and this and that, you can forego and have a better overall opinion by everybody. Yes. Will you please everybody all the time? No, it's impossible. But if you treat everybody exactly the same, I agree with you a hundred percent that not everyone will think you're good. But you will definitely have some people who like that approach and some people who don't. It's teaching in general. You sit down in a class, an educational setting, and you sit in a class. And I I can think of specific examples where we left a class and my friends were like, this teacher's awesome. And I was like, this teacher sucks because we just learn differently. We have different needs. Mm -hmm. And I, to bring this all back into the fitness world, like, like, if you understand how you need, what you need and how you need it, it's okay to be different with that. It's okay to listen to me and Mike and Chrissy talk on the regular and be like, I don't understand what they're doing. It do- this doesn't make any sense to me. So go find what you need. There are so many platforms. There are so many things. But 
the well, one even, thing that I really want you to do is find what you need. And that's what we're trying to do a little bit different here is feeding it to you differently because there's there I've listened to other things and it didn't affect mm-hmm. me the same way that listening to Mike has affected me. Right. So I wanted to bring that out the same way of being like, all right, let's 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 feed this to you differently and give you a different approach that you can succeed. And success is the goal. We all want everybody to have the exact same goal. That's why everybody needs it just a little bit different. And that's also like ask questions to us. We will give you different ways of approaching it and different things to do because it you just need to be fed differently sometimes. And even trainers. Like you could sit, like if they're going to take your advice and they're going to hire a trainer, you could hire a trainer and they may not be the right trainer for you. Yes, I completely agree. Mike is perfectly suited for what I needed. And there are plenty of other styles that exist out there. I thought, that's the other thing is actually doing, like learning what is really for you. But you can't learn, going back to the perfectionism, you can't learn what's good for you until you jump in and try it. Like don't think, don't get paralysis on finding the perfect trainer either. Because I thought that my perfect trainer would be somebody who yells at me. Somebody who is like, come on, you can do it. Let's go. A motivator, if you will. Mm -hmm. That's what that term usually meant when they called somebody a motivator. It means they yell at you. That's how I knew it. (laughs) Right? Right? Am I wrong? Mm -hmm. Sports were different in the 90s. Yeah. So that's that's what I thought I liked and thought I needed because I've had coaches like that. And it works for me. But... I've never seen such success as finding somebody who makes me feel good and motivates me by making me feel good about what I'm doing. And that's what Mike has done. Like, I feel great about what I'm doing to the point now where, like, I just want to do it. The best way to succeed is by you genuinely wanting to do it and not feeling like you have to do it. I have to do all this work to keep moving forward, but I also want to do it. How many times have I been sitting here and being like, oh, I really want to work out. I just didn't have a chance to work out. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, oh, if I don't work out, I really like, it's different. Like just the mentality and the view of it's different. And it just, again, it's conscious decisions that have turned into subconscious choices that now even eating wise, it's different. It's easier to eat better now too. And when I do eat crappy, which we'll talk about my trip in Vegas when, like I said, when they get back. But when I do eat crappy, I don't just want to live in that world anymore. Mm -hmm. Why are you laughing? You're making a face and laughing. (laughs) I don't like it. Stop it. What? I'm making a face of my own. um, What? What? My own mental health or lack thereof. I don't know. (laughs) Because it's funny because as you're talking, I'm like, um, you want to do it. But you want to do it for you. Okay, finish that statement. <laughs> I'm laughing because for me, I part of I think part of my perfectionism comes from the <laughs> desire to just people please. And it's like I would want if Mike were my like I love Mike. If he were my trainer, I would want to do those things because I wouldn't want to let Mike down. 
because I would want to please him. Now, and mind not you, because there is I a little bit of that. <laughs> there is a little bit of that. I mean, there are moments where I'm like, damn it, Mike's going to see this. I want to make sure Mike sees something that's good. And like everybody has that. But that's not the over for me. That is not the overwhelming drive is making sure Mike sees something positive. Mm-hmm. Like. And that I mean. You also have never used Mike as a trainer. And I think if you would have like, that's how I started. I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this because my, but Mike has overcome that, that it's not that anymore. But that's the same thing with just starting it and doing it mm-hmm. and jumping into it and then adjusting and learning as you go. Is Mike going to be my perfect trainer forever? Maybe. Will I ever use Mike again after I'm done with this training session? Maybe. I don't know any of that stuff yet. I feel like I'm growing enough, like, I, I mean, Mike has kind of talked about that too, which we can talk about that again when he's back. But like, I feel like if you outgrow Mike, he would be super thrilled about that. He'd be thrilled that you learned enough from him that he, you can now move on and not need him and grow and continue to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's awesome. Like, that's part of what I love about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, like, I do feel the need to please Mike because Mike cares, and that's part of it, but that's not my only drive. Do you feel like that's your only driving force is the people please? I mean, not to pull back the curtain, but I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. That is one of the things that I, how many times do I say to you, don't worry about what I care, what I'm like, don't worry about what I think. Just do it. Just do what you're going to do. And you're like, well, I want to do what you want. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. don't do what I want. Do what you. I need mean, to historically, do. it's a. I mean, I'm always caring about what other people think. That's why I've struggled with so many things in my life. I, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always work in progress, and working on yourself is a good thing. That's what all this is about. That's what fitness is about. That's what all of it. Do you feel like you're at a better place mentally with the hitting your physical goals? What do you mean? Losing weight and getting yourself in better shape because you're in the best shape you've been in a really long time. But mentally, like, what do you mean? Do you feel like that's helped your mental, where you're at mentally at your men, like, or do you feel like that's had no effect on your mental health? Um, I mean, I feel like they're both congruent. Like, I feel like I wouldn't be working as hard on my mental health if I weren't also physically becoming fitter. And I don't think that I would be. So I guess what's the the chicken and the egg? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have, I don't know. I think that they, that's what I mean. Yeah. No, yeah. you don't feel like one feeds more into the other for you, for you personally, obviously. You don't feel like one feeds more into the other or that one has a little bit more importance? I, at different points of my life, would have thought that one would come. I feel like I've grown exponentially in both of them in the last year than I ever have before. So therefore, I think that they have to be considered together. Like, I don't... Because I have lost weight before, but I didn't do it healthfully, both physically or and mentally. And I feel like I've as been... As well as you've done this last year. Yes. Yeah. And I and I feel like, you know, I've worked on, 
you know, aspects of my mental health before, but I feel like the physical aspect of it is helping. And I think that goes back to what I was saying before is really understanding how they work together, that there may have been times where I felt like, you know, my mental health that I was, you know, doing quote unquote better, which is a weird term in this case, but, um, doing better with something, but then I would beat myself up because I felt like I was still, oh, I'm failing it. You know, I'm overweight or I'm failing it. You know, I can't get up a flight of stairs without being winded or why can't I just stop eating chocolate at 10 o'clock at night? See, for me, like, I feel like a lot, all of these things got better as I got physically fit where I didn't realize that that was part of it as well. But as I started getting myself in the shape and, feeling better about myself, which like I said, I, w- I wasn't in a bad place. So I, there, there was obviously always a part of me that's like, Oh, I wish I was a little bit lighter. I wish I had lost some weight. I've gained a lot of weight. I hate that I'm this heavy, blah, blah, blah. But I was never so beating. I ne- was never so much where I was like beating myself up tr- tremendously a little bit, but did you, no did you always just kind of accept and know why you were though? Like, did you were just kind of like, Oh, I'm so overweight, but maybe it's because I can eat a whole pizza and a half by myself in one sitting. I mean, yes and no, but I've always been able to eat a pizza and a half by myself in one sitting, and I was never that big before. So part of it, for me, being that big, I always just viewed it as, well, obviously, because I'm not doing all the athletic things that I used to do. And so that's how I looked at it. Mm -hmm. I looked at it as, oh, well, I just need to be super athletic again and be running all the time and do all that stuff. Because I'm, I mean, I've said this to you way in the past before that I was like, I'm never going to change how I eat because I, so I'm going to have to, it Mm -hmm. would all just be physical, blah, blah, blah. And I was never psychologically prepared to be as physical as what that would have taken, which would have been like running miles every day and lifting every day, like doing ridiculous but amounts just- of training. You justified it in some way and you accepted that. Yeah, I was okay with it because like whatever. But now knowing that it didn't take as much effort and I could still kind of enjoy myself and still eat. Like, I mean, I don't, I feel like I don't eat that drastically different, but I do eat drastically different, but I still eat all the same crap. I would like, not all the time anymore, but I guess maybe that's the difference. Mm-hmm. But I also don't crave it like I did. Like, I, and not necessarily, I, I don't crave food overall like I used to. Mm-hmm. I still love food, and food is such an important part of, my, of me as a person. Like, I just love good food. But, I mean, you live with me. How many times did we go to a restaurant and we would leave and I'd be like, I'm hungry, and I'd go eat something mm-hmm. after we just ate an entire meal? How many times in the last year have I done that? Like, never. Mm-mm. I, like, never do that ever anymore. And a big part of that is just, like, I feel like understanding nutrition a little bit better. I'm no expert by me any means. But just understanding it enough that I, I'm getting better things in my body, mm-hmm. that my body's just not craving things like that anymore. I try to equate that, like, I have numerous people who I've talked to about it who say similar things. I feel like I talk to myself all the time. It's really weird because I'm talking to people and they bring up things and they say things to me that I would have said to me Mm -hmm. had I talked to me January of last year. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know sometimes what like I... I literally sometimes I'm just like, trust me, it's not the same. you'll, You'll get past that. Like you've... But... 
if I would have heard that, I would have been like, yeah, right. So like understanding a way, try, trying to figure out a way to communicate that is so drastically hard for me because I think about how and where I was with that and like, I wouldn't have believed what you just said. I say that all to myself all mm-hmm. the time when I'm talking in these conversations. I'm like, I wouldn't believe what you just said. Why would they, why should they believe it? But it's true that it's changed dramatically mm-hmm. that I just don't crave that stuff anymore. I, I'm just not as hungry as I used to be, which has also made me happier overall. See, but that's where the not for me, that's where the knowledge part comes in and understanding what food does for your body and what it doesn't do for your body or what it does negatively for your body and certain foods. So like now, and I'm, I mean, I'm not a nutritionist and I certainly don't have the knowledge to be really talking about anything right now, but (laughs) I know enough for myself that I'm like, if I eat that, I'm going to be hungry in an hour. And I already know that then I'm going to want to eat something and then feel guilty about it. So I'm like, I'm just going to not eat that thing that's going to make me feel like that. Even though it seems really yummy, I'm not going to eat that right now. See, but I feel like there's a balance on that because there are times like I agree and I understand that, too, that there's times where I'm like, if I eat this randomly, like this donut, we eat a lot of donuts. We like donuts. Um. But if I eat this donut, I, I'm going to be hungry in a half hour. And But sometimes psychologically, you just need to eat the donut for me. Well, but not even psychologically. Sometimes physically. That's what I'm saying for me and understanding my, my cycle and my rhythms of spikes of stuff. There are sometimes when that donut will be detrimental to me. That like if I eat that donut right now, where I am in my cycle and how my hormones are and what time of day it is. And like, you know, if there's a something howling at the moon, no, I'm just kidding. But like, if <laughs> I feel like there's like too many things all at once, but I, I know that certain circumstances that if I eat that thing at that moment, that it will be more detrimental than if I eat it like a a week or two later or at a different time. Like sometimes I do need that. Sometimes I do, you know, or I shouldn't say need, but sometimes it will get me through and I can accept and say, it's okay for me to have this donut right now and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. I guess I just don't have those same physical cues that you have those same, because for me, it's more, it's mostly mental. Like, Whatever, just eat it, and then I feel better. I don't want that donut anymore. That's the other part that I've allowed myself to do that I never did. Well, I'll be like, oh, well, I'll eat half a donut. I've, this is in the past, prior to doing it this time. And I'm like, well, I'll just eat half a donut, or I'll just eat one of these. I'm like, no, now I eat it until I just don't want it anymore. And if that means one whole donut, sometimes it's three donuts. Sometimes I just have a crappier day because I'm just like, I wanted to eat, like, but if I only eat like one donut and I'm still like, I kind of want a donut, but I'm like, no, no, I got to be good. I got to be good. Got to be good. For the next week, I really still want a donut. donut. Yeah, no, I get that. And so for me, that the psychological side of it is the most important side that is more important than the physical, even if physically I eat. But do you understand what that psychological, like why psychologically do you want that donut right now? It doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. For, For me, it doesn't matter. I know that you're. I know that you're. I understand you're saying right now that it's just psychological that you just want that donut. Yeah. and Eating that donut is gonna to to you know give you that. But do you understand the concept of like a dopamine hit and like what that like 
and the difference between certain hormones that that's going to that your body like what but that's that's what I'm saying is yeah, but that, that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter why. I understand it, like it for me it does not matter why. There is no it do, and it doesn't matter why because I understand that I want this donut and I want and so I'll eat it until I'm fulfilled and then I'm good. So how and why it got to there doesn't matter to me because I got what I needed and now I can move on and continue to eat and have success. And the success for me is what matters. If I was at a point then where I was struggling, like maybe in a little bit, maybe in a week from now, this conversation is different because I'm having lost weight or I'm stuck. If I ever get stuck again, where I feel like I can't get, maybe then understanding those things matters. But right now it doesn't matter. Right. But I'm saying, okay, I, I hear what you're saying that it doesn't matter to you right now. What I'm trying to say is that there is a reason that like the psychology of it is still connected physiologically somehow to what you are eating or not eating. So my point is that it doesn't matter to you right now. I get that. But it's and still it may never matter to you. Yes. But it's still happening. It's still happening to you for a reason. There is a physiological reason that you are desiring that thing, that donut. And then when you get that donut, there is something, there's chemical, a chemical reaction in your brain that is either satiating that or not satiating that. And for some people, when there's an imbalance, even when they have that donut, they have that craving, they have that donut. And sometimes that imbalance then causes them to shame spiral or whatever to then go, why do I still want this goddamn donut? I've had 12 and I still want one. What the fuck is wrong with me? And that's when that knowledge can come in handy that you understand I get why that. that's happening. And that's what's, that's what I'm saying for However, me. However, like, do you understand? And I'm, I'm, I'm using this as in like why I feel like it doesn't matter. And it does matter sometimes, but I feel like it's a lot less. Like, can you explain to me the inner workings of a freezer and why our freezer works? No, you just use it. You just open it up and you put it in stuff and it stays frozen and cold. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how the electrical current runs and how it cut works with the Freon and all that stuff. That doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter. Right. And it doesn't matter. But it would matter when it breaks. That's what I'm saying. And when it breaks is the only time that it matters. And maybe even, because it still might not matter. It might just break and be like, okay, time for a new one. It still then doesn't matter how it works. So, or in the other cases, you call a repairman who has that knowledge. That's Mike for me. Mm -hmm. And... So therefore, it still just doesn't matter to me. And there are ways to be successful. I will constantly have frozen food. That's Mm -hmm. success. I will constantly have ice. That's the true success is always having ice. That is the important part of the freezer. But I can still have success and not know the inner workings. And that to me sometimes is more important because the success to me is more important than the knowledge of the inner workings. This is from the same guy though, who is, has said numerous times on this podcast, how 
not the knowledge of what I'm doing now is what made the difference. And I really do enjoy the knowledge behind things. But I also feel like there's a level of going too far where this is the analysis paralysis. And I feel like that's what you do a lot, which is why I feel like I'm always trying to pull you back off of that because you're so worried about the knowledge and this and that, that I feel like like that keeps you from doing things. So to stick with your analogy here of the freezer, I'll go down this rabbit hole with you. <laughs> yes, I do have, I do sometimes have analysis paralysis. However, you have to look at it from, from the perspective of the freezer. If the freezer is working fine, you're right. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to do the research to figure out. I might wonder and be like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. How does the freezer work? I don't need to know. You're right. Mm-hmm. However, when the freezer is broken broken, and you have to do something about it, maybe I don't have the money to replace it. Or maybe I don't have the money to hire a repairman. Like sometimes I just have to look at the situation and say, how does this work? I have to fix it. Or sometimes you spend the money and get a repairman and it still breaks few months later after you've already had the repairman come out or maybe you get a new one and it works for a while and then it breaks again. So you're like, well, now I need to know, is there something that I'm, am I jamming something in the freezer the wrong way every time so that like, it's not working properly? Like, am I doing something? Am I, is the plug that I'm plugging this into not working? And that's when the knowledge then matters. But like I, for and, and that was the difference, too, of me losing weight this time and being different. So I feel like we're saying the same kind of thing. We're just saying it in different realms. And, like, that's how I lost the weight to begin with and feel like I'll never gain it back is because now I have that knowledge. Like, yeah, my freezer broke. <laughs> Sticking with the freezer analogy. I feel like... Our the, freezer is broken, I was going to say, the <laughs> to pull the curtain back, our freezer is broken, which is where this came from. Um is we've broken the freezer and then uh, being able to repair it, I've learned how to repair it now that I'll never have a broken freezer again. So anyway, whether it's freezers, whether it's sports, whether it is whatever it is, uh, we wish you guys the best of successes. Sorry, I got distracted right now. We just realized that we have to go pick up our son. We were just talking about being such great parents and now we're yeah, going to leave this so We're going to have to call things on this, but like I said, whether it's a freezer, whether it's this, like we just want to see you guys succeed. You need to figure out for you what knowledge is power and it works differently for everyone. And that was kind of the purpose of Becky and I coming in and talking and having this husband wife moment with you guys is because this is reality. There's all this stuff that we talk about in the fitness realm of about what you can do to lose weight and do all these things. But there's all these other external factors like husbands, like wives. We have never had as much success with this stuff until we started doing it together. That was a big difference. She's done it before. I was never on board. It was hard. It's still not easy, but it's easier and we're finding more success now. So do what you got to do to find your success. Use the knowledge that you need. Find the knowledge you need to find and do the things you got to do to be successful and we are here to help you on that road so find us online finding my fit at 40 you can find us on facebook you can find us i think on instagram as well and uh shoot us a message ask us any questions and you can also email us finding my fit at 40 at gmail.com 
Otherwise, love you guys. We'll be back next week with Mike and Chrissy. And I don't know if Becky will stop in. We'll see. We'll leave that up in the air. We'll see what the reviews say. Leave a review and you can say, that girl sucks. (laughs) Or whether you liked her. There's a positive side too. So check us out again next week. We're going to be talking about my trip to Vegas, which is how this all started. And now we kind of came full circle a little bit. So yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye pod people. Bye.